0: Remember how last week we were talking about, in regards to healing, but it's not just that, it's everything that it's about the heart, okay? Trying to change the heart and getting into your heart what you need. And this and thing we ended up with, um, imaginations, thoughts, strongholds. And I gave you a passage to have a look at if you wanted to in your own time, uh, which is Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. So we're going to look at that in a second, but what I wanted to challenge you on today is really these three things. What are your thoughts, what are your imaginations, and how does that link to a stronghold in your life? Okay, because they're very linked. And the this, this scripture in Corinthians talks about how the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but they're mighty through God to pull down strongholds. And so many of us have strongholds in our life that we don't even think about. It's like there's, there's strongholds in terms of... Um, well, what is a stronghold, first of all, I guess? or look at, I'll bring my whiteboard over, lots of props today. But we've got the three things here. We've got, um, we've got thoughts, imaginations and strongholds. So I'll read this from the King James Version, the old one, because it just really captures it very well. So 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to verse 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so we see the the three things mentioned in there, thoughts, imaginations, strongholds. We'll just write them up, just so you can remember what they are. Do I need a um, volunteer writer too? Because I'm pretty bad. Okay, got thoughts. Thoughts. <laughs> I told you. <ya. laughs> See, and I've even got my back to the crowd. Just doing everything wrong here. <laughs> yeah, you can be my my uh, writing person. <laughs> All right, if you need to, there's blue pens and everything there. How does this work? Okay. Most of us understand that there are thoughts that we have. We understand there's imaginations, but I just want to sort of um, get that out a little bit more, what that is. But then we're talking about strongholds in our life, okay? How many of us have got strongholds? Who thinks they've got strongholds? Nobody. You're a That's a few here. <laughs> Well, what is a stronghold? Have a think about it. It sort of explains itself, doesn't it? Something that's got a stronghold on you. Um, when you look at what the actual um, definition of it is, it's like a castle. You can write that if you want. <laughs> a castle. Or something that is established in your life. Okay? Now, does a stronghold have to be bad? Not at all. But what we want to do is work out what is the stronghold in my life that is not actually what God wants in my life. What is it that I am set in, or I think that I'm set in, that is actually affecting how my faith works? So we're talking about healing uh, over these few weeks. So in terms of healing, what's a stronghold in my life in that area? Am I actually thinking what the Word of God says, or am I thinking something else that is actually opposed to what the Word of God says? And that's why it talks about casting down thoughts and imaginations. So I'll just get you to write two more words, thoughts. Yep, just do a little hyphen. Awesome. You're actually not much better than me. (laughs) Thoughts. (laughs) Generally short term, okay? Just write that. Short term. Yeah, he is better than me, you right. <laughs> Imaginations, you can put there a word that um, we often don't think of, but meditations. All right? And strongholds. <laughs> Permanent. Okay. Okay. Or put permanent in brackets because actually, we're going to change that. Start to think differently to that. Okay, now, that thank you. You can sit down now if you want. (laughs) Thanks, Jacob. So much better than me, man. You are awesome. (laughs) I'll put the cap back on the black one. Thank you, Russell. All right. (laughs) So what I want you to just think about now is what things in your life might actually come from those things. So if we're thinking thoughts, we're thinking short-term things. What we think doesn't create a stronghold necessarily in our life. But this is how we get to a stronghold. We start with a thought, we head into an imagination, and then it becomes a stronghold in our life. What do I mean? Well, this can, can actually affect probably three, maybe more different areas of our life. But one is the promises. What are the promises of God What am I thinking are the promises of God? How am I imagining the promises of God? And are they becoming a stronghold in my life? To do with my character. What is the character of Christ? Am I thinking about it? Am I meditating upon that? And then am I letting that be a stronghold in my life? What is the behavior of a Christian? What am I thinking about? What am I imagining? And what has become a stronghold? But the point is that this verse says that we're meant to be casting down anything that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of Christ. You see, it doesn't matter who you are here, there's been things built into your life that become strongholds. And they usually come from this way. So it can be to do with the environment that you're raised in because they affect your thoughts and they affect your imaginations. Let's give an example. Well, you know, I'm just sarcastic because I was raised in a sarcastic family. That is my point of belief for my life. I'm a sarcastic person and there's nothing wrong with it. That is a stronghold in your life. So what is your first thought when something happens? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just an angry person. That's how I react. What's your first reaction in every situation? Whatever your first reaction is, that is a stronghold. So if we're in terms of healing, what is it? The stronghold might be, yeah, I know I've experienced so much pain and anguish. I've seen so many people sick. God doesn't heal. It's potluck. You know, if I'm lucky, God will heal me. If I'm not lucky, God won't heal me. What's another stronghold? Well, God won't heal me because um, I don't deserve that healing. And, And so that might be a stronghold in your life. I don't deserve that healing. Maybe, you know, I had an abortion when I was 16 and God hasn't forgiven me and therefore he won't heal me. That's a stronghold. It can be in so many other different areas like Well, everyone in my family got divorced, so therefore I'm going to get divorced. So, when the trouble comes in a marriage, the default setting is this divorce is here. I knew this day would happen. This is the day that I was waiting for. But that is not a thought of Christ. This is not bringing the thoughts into captivity to the way Christ lived, acted, and all those sorts of things. I'm a failure. No, you're not. That's a stronghold that's been put in your life. Could it be by your parents? Could it be by experience or whatever? Could it be by yourself thinking? That is a stronghold put in your life. But as Christians, we are taught that our weapons are not carnal. In other words, they're not just about us accepting the situation that we're in, but allowing God's Spirit to come in and change us. When we become a Christian, what does the Bible say we become? A new creation. A new creation. The old things have passed away, all things are new. And what God is wanting us to do is build a character, build behaviour and build beliefs that are actually based on the word of God, not from our experience, not from what we've seen, not from what we've heard, from from some well-meaning Christian that might even say stuff that, that sounds all good, but can you actually really line it up with God's word if you study it carefully? Think about it. How many people did Jesus turn away from healing because he said it's it's look, you're learning a lesson now. Find me one and I'll believe that's truth. How many people did he turn away and said, No, because you've sinned in the past, then I'm not going to heal you. Find me that, and then I'll start to believe it's truth. Because the captivity that we're trying to bring these thoughts into is the captivity of Christ. Who is he? What did he do? He came to reveal the Father, the Father's heart towards us, right? So this is what we struggle with. We start with a thought. What's your thinking? Very obvious in the terms of, um, let's say, pornography. That's such an easy one to, to just sort of bring up here. But the thoughts, well, I wonder what it would be like to look at something that I know isn't healthy for me. You think about it. What God is saying is, where are you going to capture that? Are you going to capture it at that moment? Are you going to say, no, I'm not going to allow this to become a stronghold in my life? Or do you do this? Answer to this area of imaginations. And I wrote meditations there because we think we are not a meditative society. Are you kidding me? You think about all the things that are played over and over and over in your head on TV. That you are watching daily the ads that you're listening to, the music you're listening to. What are the words, what are the thoughts that those things are starting to mull over in your life? Is it something that you hear and you reject and say, no, that is not a God? Or is it that you start to entertain those thoughts and start to turn them into imaginations or meditations? well, you know, I've got this bit of sickness and I know everyone in my family dies at the age of 60, so therefore what I'm imagining is that I'm just going to go on to this age, or I'm going to die, I better start planning my funeral. Not even considering the word of God, not even considering that God's power could actually come and break through and not only that, from the point of view that, that Lyle was saying this morning, God loves you. God actually loves you and if you went back two weeks from now and and we looked at that faith, hope and love, God acts from that position of love in our life to to bring about change, to bring about victory and and that's what he says, that we are those people who can conquer. We are the ones who can, can, with his power, achieve anything. In fact, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you speak... You can have whatever you say. Now, understanding this, of course, when we look at that scripture, it says abide in the vine. Abide in the vine so that you can do that. Living in Christ, learning to love him and walking in him. How possibly... Are we going to change those strongholds if we don't start to change the way we think and start to grab hold of the Word of God and apply it and let the thoughts start to be the Word of God? This is why you'll sometimes hear us up the front saying, read the Bible, and you might go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. But this isn't just about reading the Bible so you get better knowledge. This is about reading the Word of God so that it activates in your life and begins to change situations. Yeah, well, all my kids are going to run off the rails. Sorry if you've done the word of God and said, you know, I'm going to bring my kids up in the way of the Lord. The Bible promises they won't depart from it. Yeah, well, you don't know my situation. Of course I don't. You don't know how I feel. Of course I don't. Sometimes I do. I've suffered loss. I've suffered heartache and grief. But guess what? God has always pulled through for me. And I need to grow in this faith and understanding of who he is and the power that he can work in my life. So... What happens is we we start with the thought and the Bible's saying cast it down. If this is not lining up with what Jesus said Jesus does, the character of Christ, then you need to cast that down. You need to grab it and make it a captive into what Christ actually said. So you get that thought, you start to imagine. imagine. So all of a sudden a guy thinks about, or a girl I suppose these days, thinks about sexual things and then they start to meditate upon it I'll just look at this, and it starts to grab hold. It's like it sucks them in. To to All of a sudden, all they're thinking about is this. You know the people, don't you? Every time they show you your phone, all that's on it is something that's inappropriate. If you're in a workplace like I've been in before, and then what happens? It becomes a stronghold in your life, and it can just trap you so badly. It can trap you so badly. It grabs hold of you. It it stops you being the person that Christ created you to be. Think about it. What are your thoughts? What are those things that just flash through your mind at times? Are you starting to grab hold of the word of God and let your meditation be on that? As Joshua was told by God, he said, Hey, meditate on my word day and night. Then you will have good success. What are you meditating on? Are you meditating on the experiences that you have, or are you saying, Can I possibly believe that the Word of God is true? As we've been speaking about healing, no doubt some of you have have found that the very week we started talking about healing, something happened in your life, or there's a situation that started to challenge that. Do you think that's crazy? Do you think that's unusual? What did Jesus say when he was talking about the word and the guy who was thrown out the word, the, the sower that sowed the word? Where did the first lot of sea land? On rocky ground. What's the point of that? It says, Jesus, when he was explaining it, said, this is what it means. Satan comes immediately for the word's sake. He wants to steal that word out of your heart. He wants to make it so that the very promise of God that has been sown into your life can be ripped out just like that. So that you never actually get a fruit. You never actually get what God wants for you in your life. And that's what I was trying to do with that seed thing there. It's easy to pick a seed off the surface. But guys, if we have our heart open to the things of God and we begin to let it sow deeply in our life, the birds can't just come and pluck it off. Because it's covered and it's hidden in our heart. And that's what we're talking about. Where is the word of God in your heart? Where is it in your heart? Because if you start to think about the promises of God and meditate on them, not the bad things, as the Bible says to do, it says to think about the things that are good, that are true, that are holy, things that are of a good report. It happens in so many areas of our life that we just believe a lie Because it seems like it should be true. Because it seems like that's what's happened with everyone else in our family. Look, when you start to meditate on the word of God, it will change your character. Yeah, but that's just what I'm like. No, it's not. No, it's not. You've probably been brought up in a house where someone else is sarcastic and negative and put you down. Yeah, but that's what Australians are like. We like to bring down the tall poppy. Tell me, where does that fit in with the Word of God? Can you see what I'm saying? Where does it fit in with the Word of God? Yeah, no, I'm just not affectionate to my family and we don't say I love you. We're reading a book, a love letter from Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit every day that says I love you so much. He declares it. Oh yeah, but we don't say I love you because that's just who we are. Wrong. That is who you were, but the blood of Jesus Christ was shed to forgive you of your sin and change the person that you are and turn you into the person you should be. The person that is formed in the image of Christ, that is being given the Holy Spirit so that you are not subject to sin anymore. It doesn't have power over you unless you give it power. It just doesn't. God came to set you free, to change your mindset, to change your character, to change the way you behave. Don't be conformed to the customs of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? It means that I have to start to think like this. I'm going to think God thoughts. This is how I think, can I find that in Jesus? Can I honestly say, yeah, that's what Jesus would have done? Am I acting in a certain way whoa, well, is that what Jesus would have done? Am I meditating on that? You know, I'm just going to get them back. Oh, I'm going to meditate on that wrong that someone's done against me and I'm just going to imagine it and I'm not just going to think about it. I'm going to just imagine the revenge. When they get theirs, that's just going to be an awesome day and I'm thinking about it. It becomes a stronghold and become very open to a root of bitterness forming in my heart and it says a root of bitterness defiles the whole body. Everything in your life becomes defiled. God says, you start to imagine what I've said. If you are having trouble with peace in your life, what are you thinking about? Is your mind turning around to the thoughts and imaginations of Christ who said, hey, I'm giving you my peace. I'm going to leave my peace with you. It's not like the world's peace because the world's thought would be this. There's trouble, so I'm not having peace. That's what we do. God said, don't worry about it. Because my peace surpasses understanding. You don't know why you got it. But I tell you what, I've given it to you. Are you meditating on that? Yeah, but I'm fearful. Are you meditating on the word that says righteous are as bold as lions? Are you meditating on that? Oh man, God, you have made me righteous. That means I can be bold as a lion. Are you praying into that and just speaking his word out? In Philippians 4, I think it is, and it starts to talk about those thinking on the good things. It says, don't be anxious about anything, instead pray. We should look that up. Can someone look it up for me? Oh, you can read it out, come on. Because I can't read that small without glasses. (laughs) Philippians 4, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, that's a promise, isn't it? Is that a promise? But there's a, a job for us to do in that. You see, we, we, we sometimes think that things just happen magically, but they don't. They happen because the power of God works, and when we're obedient to the word, then it works. So instead of being anxious, what are you meant to do? Pray and thank God for what he's done, another version says. So what does that mean? When I pray, is it just like, oh, stop me being anxious? No, it's not. It says thank him for all he's done. How does that fit in with it? Well, just as I said there with, with um, uh fear, Okay, first of all, I've got fear. Now, what's God say? Don't be anxious, don't worry. Instead. What does instead do? It replaces something, okay? Now, can God replace something in your life? Sometimes. We know he gave us a new heart, okay? But he can't just change the way you think, can he? Because you've got a free will. The most powerful force in this world for you is your free will. In fact, like I said before, your free will will take you straight to hell. Your choice. God's not going to override it. And and it's funny when people say, you know, why would God send people to hell? He never sent anyone there, really. People chose to go there. They decided not to receive life, and they go there. They decided to reject God, and then you hear that cry, why did you send people there? He doesn't. He's opened heaven for everyone because Jesus died for every person, anyone who believes. So instead of being anxious, what are you meant to do? Pray. So you see how the thoughts start, oh yeah, I shouldn't be anxious. And if it's a thought, this is how it happens. I shouldn't be anxious. And then you go straight back to worry. But you let it start to be a meditation and say, instead of being anxious, I'm meant to pray. And you start to meditate upon that. I'm meant to pray. God says if I do that, and then the rest of that verse says if I do that and thank him for what he's done, then peace will come. I'm starting to meditate on that. I'm starting to live and breathe the word of God in my life and starting meditating. And there's a stronghold that was there that I can't get rid of this anxiety of fear. And all of a sudden, the weapons of God, which is what? The word of God enacted in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit pulls that stronghold down. And once you've done it enough, You build this meditation in your life, you're understanding, yeah, that's what I need to do with the Word of God, and all of a sudden, bang, God's power hits. And that stronghold gets broken. Happened with me, and I've shared it before, but I'm going to share it again just for the sake that it's a good illustration. With me, I, I used to get depression a bit, not dark depression, but it would be for a few... Three or four days, I'd think everything's wrong. I'd hate myself, all those sorts of things. I might as well just drive into a tree, blah, 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 all the tricks of the enemy. But I was always like, yeah, I can't do that. God doesn't want me to. So there's that thing holding me. But God came to me because I was praying and thinking and and trusting him, and he gave a word to me that out of context with the passage, but definitely true and spoke to my life. And it was the story of Peter with that blanket coming down from heaven and on all the unclean animals. And he said, I can't eat it, it's unclean. And God said to Peter, don't call what I've called clean, unclean. And guess what I was doing? God said, I'm free from sin, I'm clean. I'm a vessel of righteousness because of the work of Christ in me. And God spoke to me with that word and I changed the way I spoke about myself. As soon as the enemy came in with that, oh, you're a nobody, you're nothing, everything's going wrong, I was like, whoa. But what am I going to fight it with if I don't know the word of God? What am I going to fight it with? How am I going to say, no, that's not true, this is the truth? How are you going to fight sickness in your life if you believe sickness is of God? Or it could be of God, but we're not really sure, it might be one way or the other. How are you going to pray confidently and believe God for healing? There's a time when you need to get your mind renewed with the Word of God and start to believe that it works. Does it work straight away? Probably not. You grow in faith. You start to trust God's Word. And as experience builds throughout your life, you trust it more and more to the point where now with me, honestly, you could say to me, God made someone sick. I say, nah. Nah. Just not going to believe that at all. God won't heal them because they've got sin in their life. No. Nah not at all a Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says "Here, my daughter that guy probably would have killed people most likely probably even innocent people would have done so many horrible things and Jesus said well your faith has just made your daughter well he didn't say well no you're a sinner this that and the other I'm not going to do anything now it doesn't mean Jesus excuses sin please don't take that from this what i'm saying is jesus turned no one away that came to him no one if you can find it for me please show me and i'll be devastated <laughs> but i can't see it anywhere not once throughout the gospels did jesus say no not once is that a stronghold in your mind well maybe jesus doesn't want it to happen for me and guess what? We do experience death. We do experience when we're praying for someone, they die. But that doesn't mean God's word is false. It just means we've got to press in and say, okay, God, Satan had a victory, but we're pushing on. We're moving on. We're going to get the word of God and actually believe it, hold on to it, hold it firmly in our heart. And if you've got anxiety, that verse is true. Anyway, within two weeks, that depression stuff has never, ever come back in my life. Is it because I'm so great? Because I took some course of action that someone recommended to me? Drink 10 beers and you'll feel better. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. It takes it off. There you go. But it was God's word working in my life and because I made myself alive to him and fellowship with him, guess what it did? It opened up my heart. So the Holy Spirit brought something to my remembrance, didn't he? What did he bring to my remembrance? The Bible that I never read? No. He brought to my remembrance something that was in His Word that the Spirit grabbed hold of for that situation. He planted it in my heart and it changed things like that. Just like that. And we need to make sure that we are thinking God's thoughts. We need to make sure that our imaginations are not about planning our funeral because we know we're going to die. Oh, we know our marriage is going to split up. We know our kids, when they reach teenagers, you ever heard that? Oh, the kids, when they reach teenage years, they all rebel. Not true. There's some beautiful teenagers in this church that never rebelled, that love God, that walk with him. Does it happen? Yes. Does that mean that what God wants? Of course not. Come on. Come on. God doesn't want bad stuff to happen. He doesn't want us to be disobedient. He wants us to be well, healthy, whole in our minds, in our hearts, and in our emotions, and in our body. To be able to serve him the very best we can on this earth, following after him, and is it a guilt thing to be sick? Of course not. Absolutely not. That's the other thing that can happen. We can feel so guilty. Why? You know, I must be this and that and God doesn't love me. I just love that verse that says, you know, God already showed you his love when he sent Jesus. Imagine that. If you said to me, what's more precious than your kids? I'd say nothing. What wouldn't I give to spare my kids' life? You can have my shirt. i walk naked down Smith Street. Whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You can take my house. You can take my car. You can take away my job. You can take away anything I have. Whatever is mine, you take it. Because that's my son. And we can never say God doesn't love us and he doesn't want to give us anything because he gave the most precious already. And everything else is such a bonus to us and we are part of that inheritance. We are part of it. We we have access to that as children. Joint heirs with Christ, it says. It means we share in what he has. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? We can share in what Christ had. We can share in it. Okay. Just one more thought before I close. Just going back to the newsletter, if you've had that. If you don't get the newsletter by electronic mail, please see kathleen who is somewhere anyway up the back (laughs) maybe she can be at the table today at the back the small groups table kathleen will be there if you don't get the newsletter by email please go and see her and you'll get it emailed out but i gave this thought there's a there's a samaritan woman that came to jesus and said hey my son's got a demon can you do something about it and jesus it sounds really mean because he he called her a dog but what that really meant was a little puppy which is dogs that were around the bottom of tables okay And he said, oh, it's not my job to give bread to you because my bread's for the Jews, basically, at this time. She said something really profound. She said, yeah, but even the dogs gather up the crumbs under the table. Jesus said, yeah, that's right. Go, your your faith has made your son, I'm pretty sure as a son, well. Now think about that. We sometimes put healing on, on this thing like that's the most impossible or unlikely thing for God to do for us. I want you to think about this. What's bread? Would you call bread a staple diet? Something that you'd eat every day, pretty much. It's like potatoes or rice or something. And what he said was just a crumb of that, of the daily things. Because we sometimes think, you know, when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, give us a day daily bread, that that just means the things we need to just survive today. But from the bread, the everyday, there's a crumb. That this woman grabbed hold of and her boy received healing. We're not talking even about the bread, we're just talking about a crumb. And I think we just limit God a lot because we just think that somehow that healing's the feast. It's something more than what Jesus has won for us when He's saying, Hey, this is the daily bread for my people, healing, health. I walk into their life freeing from demons and oppression. This is what, what's due to them every day, the bread. How do you think in terms of that? Is healing just like way above the daily provision of God? Give us today the things we need. If you're sick, what do you need? You don't need a Ferrari. Be nice. <laughs> you need healing, right? Give us today the things we need. What is it that you need? If you need peace, you don't want change in hair colour, whatever it is. It's just what do you need and God's saying this, this picture of this lady saying yeah but you know what the crumbs is good enough you just give me the leftovers and what was the leftovers the, the bit that the dogs ate was healing for a son and we must never be of the mindset that healing is an impossibility for God because God said anything is possible anything and not only that it's a desire for him to give good gifts to his children is sickness a good gift to you seriously is it I wouldn't think so. We don't all go and beg God, oh, please make me sick. We don't, because we know it's not what God wants. He wants to restore us, set us free and make us well. Can we just have our musicians up, please? (coughs) What I'd like to do is um, today, if we could just... We'll stay seated while these guys start to play. But what I'd like for you to do is actually, if there's some sickness in your body you've been battling with and you think, yeah, I'd love to get this prayed for, and you thought that God doesn't want to heal you, first of all, I want you to cast down that thought, that imagination, that stronghold in your life. It's going to get those around you to pray. So if, if that's you, you've got a sickness and you've been battling with it, just going to ask those around you to just pray, okay? Whatever it is, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's something else. And so, just as um, these guys play the music, is there anyone here that's just been battling with something for a while and they want some prayer? You can just raise your hand, yeah? Yep. Anyone? What I'd like you to do is, those around, can you just. ones close just you know lay your hand this is what we do sometimes at church guys if you haven't been at church much god talks about that we would lay hands on the sick and they should recover that's part of what we do and there's just something that god says hey just lay your hand on it's a touch just as jesus touched people and he's asking us to touch them i just love you to just pray with these guys so we've got a few people over here can you just gather around them now anyone over here just put your hand up and someone will pray for you just gather around them and I'll pray, and you agree. And what I want to do is just set them free in the name of Jesus Christ because He's come to set people free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, right now, just coming together as a group of believers, Father, and we're just asking right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That you'd just right every wrong in these bodies, Father God, by the power of the Holy Spirit right now, Lord God. That you'd release your healing power into these people, Lord. That you'd just set them free, in Jesus' name, from sickness, Father God. You'll set them free from torment, Father God. That you'd set them free from the devil's trap, Father God. Right now, in Jesus' name, we just ask for that healing to just flow, Lord God. And we just thank you right now, Lord, that, Father, we can thank you for what you've done. We just thank you right now for that healing power just flowing through them, Lord God. Father, we just ask you for release now in the name of Jesus Christ. So those you just be set free, Father God. Set free completely, Lord. Right every wrong. Break every chain. We just want to thank you for it right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now those who have been prayed for, don't let that seed be eaten by the enemy. You just trust in that word believe that Jesus Christ came to heal you. You hold on to that word and don't let Satan steal it, okay? He's going to try, but don't let him. Change the way you think. Change the way you meditate. And make the strongholds that are in your life the strongholds of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.